0: From the Beantown Athletics studio in Boston, this is the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, March 23rd, 2017. Today's show presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. From design into printing, Beantown Athletics does it all. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now to get a free quote for your customized apparel. Today's show, also presented by DraftKings, you can play for free at DraftKings.com by using my promo code PIC, that's P-I-C, there are five NBA games tonight, there are 12 NHL games tonight, so plenty of action for you, I'm all in on DraftKings, not just NBA and NHL, but also golf, that's right, golf, and in a couple weeks, one of the more anticipated DraftKings events is they're Fantasy Golf Millionaire, and that is during the Masters. Again, that's in two weeks at Augusta, and a good way to prepare for that is by putting in a few golf lineups on DraftKings next weekend. You already missed, you already missed the cut for this weekend, but next weekend you can do it. you got to get them in by Wednesday night. You pick six golfers, and, well, you can do it for free by using my promo code PICK. So you got some golf coming up. The Fantasy Golf Millionaire for the Masters, which begins in two weeks, April 6th. Then you also have Major League Baseball coming up soon. And with Major League Baseball, every day is a brand new season. They have anything that you could possibly want on DraftKings. Any sport, you name it, they have it. And you can use my promo code for every single one of those sports. It is PIC. P-I-C. Play for free right now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. Dot com. Welcome to the show. I bring in my producer, Pete Neenham Pete, what's going on?
1: Good morning, Pete. Uh, you, you
0: were all jacked up today when I came in. And I was kind of wondering why. And uh, come to find out, it's because USA won the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I didn't know that you were such a World Baseball Classic guy. Yeah, I was so excited. You were more excited than the players who actually played and won it. Yeah, it didn't look like they... Uh...
1: <laughs> They really cared that much. Now, I
0: hope people can sense my sarcasm. Pete actually was not excited about this. In fact, I don't know who was. And in fact, it was my way of pointing out that the players didn't even, even seem too excited. I mean, they were excited to an extent, but it wasn't like World Series excited. And to be honest with you, I didn't watch this last night. I, you know, jumped on Twitter at one point and I saw people talking about Marcus Stroman was throwing a gem, and that USA was routing Puerto Rico, and that Strowman was still pigeon. And the only way that you can get me into the World Baseball Classic, I think is probably with some type of controversy. And in my head, where I'm all about the Major League Baseball season and the regular season that's coming up, and that begins in a couple of weeks, you know, the controversy that I drew up in my head was like, all right, Strowman, he's a Toronto Blue Jay, obviously an ALE's rival with the Red Sox, uh, am I rooting for injury? No. But is it controversial to the point where you have an ace type pitcher, young kid on the mound in late March pitching for his country? And, you know, we can knock the excitement level of the world baseball classic all we want. But if you are that kid on that mound, repping your country, repping, repping the United States or America, I mean, the kid's giving it all he's got. Like, I don't know if empty in the tank is the right phrase, but you are going to think for someone in his shoes in that spot, it comes pretty damn close to it. And if you're a Blue Jays fan, I would think that the last thing you would possibly want, like that's the equivalent last night, Pete of Chris sale on the mound, empty and coming close to empty in the tank. And uh, I know they pitch in spring training games. I understand that. I know that we're getting close to the regular season. And it's like at some point you do need to, you know, ramp it up so that you know you're ready for the regular season. I get that. I just think there's a different type of adrenaline rush if you're that pitcher in that spot of the championship game of the World's Baseball Classic in late March, where if I'm a Blue Jays fan, I think the last thing I want is one of my top pitches on the mound in that spot. And I get it. If you're a Blue Jays fan, you know, you're probably not rooting for Team USA anyways. But you get my you get my point. Like you, my point is, if you're a fan of a major league team, I think the last thing you want is one of your top pitches empty in the tank in a game for his country in late March. Like I just I, I don't like. That's why I don't like the World Baseball Classic. It's I didn't like the World Cup of Hockey before the season. I didn't like the idea that these guys, whether they empty the tank or they come close to emptying the tank, I just don't like that thought because I'm all about the regular season in the respective sports. And in Major League Baseball and in baseball in general, I'm more about a World Series championship than I am a World Baseball Classic championship. And, you know, I guess my question to the people that did pay attention to the World Baseball Classic is what you saw in this tournament, like, like did it make you want to keep this thing around? Because, again, you couldn't even get... And I'm a baseball guy, Pete. You know that. You couldn't even get me involved in this. And, in fact, I did tune in last night. But I tuned in with the thought of, oh, wow, you have a pretty good young Major League Baseball pitcher on the mound in a big spot in late March, basically in a playoff game, and a championship game. How is this going to look? How is this going to go down? And, um... Yeah, I watched it for maybe like two and a half minutes. And I said, this is, I'm, I'm all set. Like, it just, it didn't do it for me. Like, it just didn't do it for me. I, I, and and I, I don't think, because of that, I don't think it's ever going to do it for me. Like, what I ask myself sometimes, what could change with the World Baseball Classic that would make me want to watch it? And I don't know. And I think the only, maybe the only answer is, if it, and I mentioned that would be the equivalent of Chris Sale. On the mound, for, or any of our pitches, any of the Red Sox pitches, if, if they were on the mound in a big spot there, I'd be watching. Not even necessarily to root them on, but just for the controversial aspect of it. Like, I'd be questioning the whole time, why are you doing this? Like You, have a, you have a regular season <laughs> coming up in don't a couple get weeks. Hurt. So, if that's my mindset, I don't think that's ever going to change. I don't actually think there's anything they could do. That would make me want to watch the World Baseball Classic. Pete, is there anything? Like, did you watch any games? No, I
1: didn't. I didn't watch anything. But do you think they feel, like, you feel that that way more towards pitchers? Or how do you feel about hitters? Like, wouldn't you want to see... Nah, more pitchers. Yeah, but wouldn't you want more to see, like, pitchers. Your, you know, the regular lineup getting some reps against some yeah, of the good... Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly.
0: And there are certain guys on, <laughs> on, like, Team USA that didn't even, you know, they weren't getting their at-bats that they would have gotten spring training. That would piss me off, too. <laughs> Right, it's just, I don't like it, and that's because I'm more about the World Series than I am the World Baseball Classic. Uh, congratulations to Team USA. I mean, you watch this celebration, it's like, eh, they're hugging, and then they're kind of jumping up and down, and then they yeah, got they that. they felt they had
1: to, like, celebrate they, a little bit more than You know, the eagle statue. statue.
0: Yeah. And,
1: uh. Was it the mascot? Yeah, the it's eagle? just. I don't
0: know. I, I, I will say this. The actual trophy that they won is pretty cool. It's probably an underrated trophy based on the fact that the tournament is not on many people's radar. It's just not. And I don't think it ever will be. So where does this tournament go from here? I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see what someone like Strowman looks like if the Blue Jays are in a playoff race later this season, right? It, it, it'll be interesting to see how that looks, how he looks. And and that was really the only interest level that I had when I saw that he was pitching and I'm thinking to myself, well, is he out there emptying the tank right now? Because if I were a Blue Jays fan, I would absolutely hate that. And and again, I'm putting countries aside. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I, I know there's that dynamic where if you're a Blue Jays fan, you're not rooting for USA anyways. Put that aside just in general. You're, if you're a fan of a major league baseball team and one of your top young starting pitches is on the mound in that game, you know, giving it all he's got. And, uh, you know, playing for the country on his chest, I just, I don't know. I I don't think I'd like that. If it was flipped and there was a Red Sox pitcher out there in that mound, I would not like it at all. You know, you obviously want to see your country win, but it's not really a tournament that I pay any attention to. So I can, I care more about the Red Sox than I do the World Baseball Classic. And what if
1: they got hurt playing for another country too? Like, if you saw one of the guys go yeah, down But, that, but again, that was, I don't even. I was I'm just making all that, that much more but, worse.
0: I guess. I mean, I, I'm separating that, though. Like, I'm separating rooting for what country. I, I'm just talking about if you have. You don't want to see rooting, it no matter what. If you have a rooting interest in your Major League Baseball team, you do not want to see one of your young, top starting pitches on a mound. Forget about just a, a tournament game, like the championship game. There's an extra bit of adrenaline. Even though the celebration wasn't fantastic from Team USA, you got to admit, there's a certain type of adrenaline that kicks in when there's a championship on the line and you are playing and representing your country, right? Like, there is a you're empty in the tank, in a way. And I just think there's a different type of adrenaline in that game than if he was pitching in a spring training Grapefruit League game Down in Florida. You know what I mean? Down in Florida. It's like, there are different things that you're trying to do, different things that you're working on, but if you're stroming last night, are you working on certain things and trying to do certain stuff other than win? I don't think so. And that isn't necessarily, in my opinion, what baseball in the month of March is all about, especially for a young starting pitcher. So, um, I don't like the World Baseball Classic. I did not watch last night. In fact, I didn't even know there was a championship game or that the USA was even in it. Until yesterday morning. And I, when I did turn it on, I watched for like two and a half minutes and that was it. And I changed the channel. And it and, didn't help that they put
1: a beat down on him either. Yeah,
0: eight nothing. It was over early too, right? Based yeah. on what I read. Again, I didn't watch. Yeah. But the World Baseball Classic ended last night. I, I I'm I'm ready for regular season baseball mainly for the fact that you know, I just I want meaningful games. I, I cannot do spring training. I can't. I follow some of the storylines, um, you know, I pay attention to some of the injuries, like we've talked about the David Price elbow situation, but get me to the regular season, and until then, we still get a couple weeks, I-, I will be somewhat distanced from Major League Baseball and baseball storylines in general, so maybe that's another reason why, you know, I just couldn't get involved in the World Baseball Classic. Also, last night, we had the Celtics beating the Indiana Pacers at the TD Garden, 109-100, to Isaiah Thomas, a team high, 25 points in this one. And, you know, the Celtics, they got 10 games left. They're the number two seed in the East. They are now one game, one game behind the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Celtics and the Cavaliers both have 46 wins. The Cavaliers have played two less games, which means that they have two less losses than the Celtics. So the Celtics, two games behind the Cavs in the loss column, just one game behind in general. And uh, you got the Wizards with 43 wins, the 3 seed. The Raptors, the 4 seed, with 42 wins. The Hawks, the 5 seed with 37. The Bucks, the 6 seed with 36. The Indiana Pacers, the 7 seed with 36 wins. And the Miami Heat, the 8 seed with 35. So if the playoffs began today, the Celtics would take on the... Indiana Pacers, the team that they beat last night. And, uh, you know, since Isaiah Thomas's return after missing the Brooklyn game and the 76ers game, you're getting these you know, playoff-type feels. Like, it's late in the season. You know, it's got that feeling in the building. And we're all looking at the Celtics team going, what could they do in the playoffs? Well, it doesn't look like they're going to drop down into the 4 or the 5 seed. There would There would need to be a major collapse of the Celtics for that to happen. Which means that their toughest test in the playoffs is gonna be Cleveland. And if they could somehow wait for that matchup to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, then that serves them all the better. Because you don't reseed in the NBA. It's a set bracket. So the winner of the one versus eight is gonna play the winner of the four versus five in the second round, which means that the winner of the two versus seven. And if the playoffs began today, the winner of the Celtics and the Pacers would play the winner of the three versus the six, the Wizards and the Bucks. Are you telling me that the Celtics couldn't beat the Pacers, the Wizards, and all the Bucks in the playoffs before getting to the Eastern Conference Finals to play Cleveland? Let's set it up for Cleveland. Cleveland, the one seed right now, if the playoffs began today, they'd play Miami. Oh, that, that'd be interesting. Um, well, interesting with the fact that LeBron, Miami, and that history, but they'd beat Miami and then they'd play either Toronto or Atlanta. I'd put my money on them playing Toronto, which means that, you know, you get, yeah, Toronto arguably, like if you took the rosters, it just on paper and you post, if you posted all the Eastern conference rosters on the, on a wall, I think that you'd pick Cleveland's roster first because of LeBron, the LeBron factor, also a Kyrie. But I think the next roster you take off that wall, when you say the second best roster in the Eastern Conference when it comes to all-star talent, I think you take Toronto off that wall next. So Toronto right now is a four seed. If you could somehow keep Toronto in that four seed, they're a game behind the three seed Wizards. Right now I'm rooting for the Wizards more than Toronto. Keep Toronto in that four versus the five because they'd be playing Cleveland in the second round. OK, now the the wrinkle in all this is that the Celtics maybe could end up with the one seed in the East, which all right, y- y- I think your road to face in Cleveland might be a little bit more difficult because you'd probably then have to play a Toronto in the second round. But if you could somehow get by them, you would then have home court advantage over Cleveland. So it's like, what do you want? Um, I-, I I'll take the home court. I'll take the tougher matchup in the second round with a potential home court advantage in the Eastern Conference Finals. I would. I'd take the home court. Rather than just getting to the East Finals and potentially, you know, having to begin that series. and Give me the home court advantage. If you've been in the TD Garden this time of year, any time of year really, but more specifically this time of year, you know it's a special place to play. And when that place is rocking, you know, I think this Celtics team feeds off of that. And, uh... I'll, I'll take the home court. But that's the way the Eastern Conference looks in the NBA. Celtics right now the two seed. They get a win last night over Indiana. I mentioned Cleveland. And I mentioned LeBron James. Did you see the... And, and I mention this because if you've listened to this, you know that I absolutely despise Lavar Ball, Lonzo Ball's dad. I hate the guy. The guy is such a jerk-off it's not even funny. He sounds like an idiot. Um, he, th- this guy did basically nothing in his basketball career, Lonzo Ball's dad, Lavar Ball. And yet, what, he's got three sons, and his oldest, Lonzo Ball, plays for UCLA, you know, you got the NCAA tournament, Sweet 16, you know, it resumes today, tonight. Um, Lonzo Ball probably could be number one overall pick in the draft, who knows, could be with the Celtics. Celtics have that Brooklyn pick. Could be number one overall. They could take Lonzo Ball. I don't know. You know, it, it's either going to be LOL, Ball, Lonzo, I call him LOL, Lonzo Ball, Fultz. Or may, you know, I'd like to see maybe a Josh Jackson. I'd like to see him trade the pick. But if they're going to make it, these are some of the names we're talking about. So LeVar Ball is, is taking advantage of the spotlight that his son is in. And he's making his media rounds. And he also has two other sons who are going to be probably top prospects and pretty good college players. And he's created this brand. And to be honest, I don't even know the name of the brand, but it's a brand that he is now out there promoting. And he's on every show. Like I see him on ESPN. I hear him on different national radio stations uh, you know, I think it's only a matter of time till he does his local radio station rounds when he gets, like, a handful of... of You know, when the, maybe when the lottery balls fall, he'll do his local media rounds to the teams. He's already said, look, like, he wants his son to play for the Lakers. Um, he's, all, he's also said that his son would be better than Steph Curry right now in the NBA, in his spot. Uh, like, it's just ridiculous stuff. LeVar Ball said... That he would beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. Like, this guy is a clown. And I hate him. And I have actually... I've defended LeBron James before. Okay? I know we hate LeBron in this town. I get it. Look, I'm a Celt... I I bleed green, okay? I bleed green. And I'm right there with you. Like, LeBron does things just to make... makes Makes you cringe. Makes you cringe. Makes you roll your eyes. He's a prima donna. He is, you know, he's somebody that almost you get a feel that LeBron does things to go out of his way to make himself unlikable, right? He does. Uh, Unless he's on your team, of course. And he's not on our team, so we root against him. But the unlikable factor is a huge factor with LeBron. All right? It is. So I'm not telling you that I'm... Necessarily a LeBron James fan when it comes to his personality or things that he's done or said in the past, I admit it's cringeworthy stuff, it's eye rolling stuff, it's stuff of a prima donna um and the spotlight's always on him. I have defended him though in the past with certain things because that spotlight is always on him i have I've found myself defending him in certain spots. There's a battle now with LeBron James and Lavar ball, and it's because. LeVar Ball, he mentioned LeBron James' kids. Where did he do this? Um, I'm reading the story here. It's on ESPN. I- I'll give you what LeVar Ball said because LeBron responded. and a little tease, I think I already teased it. I'm taking LeBron James' side on this. Here's what LeVar Ball had to say. Where did he go? He went on Chris Broussard's podcast. The Chris Broussard podcast. What's it, what is it called? In the Zone. In the Zone with Chris Broussard. Sounds like an old podcast I used to do. In the Crease webcast. This is back in the day.
1: Going, Adam. Me and Adam Janess. Going back there, bro. Me and
0: Adam Janess back in our UMass apartment. With, we created a webcast called In the Crease. That's what it sounds like. But it's In the Zone with Chris Broussard. He had Lavaball on the show. And Lavaball suggested... That his sons were better set up for future success in basketball than LeBron James's sons, because LeBron's MVP, four-time NBA MVP pedigree will be too much for them to live up to. Here's the quote from LeVar Ball. He said, "Quote the monsters in the NBA, their dads wasn't that good. They were okay. They was players, but the fact." That the old Del Curry wasn't no all-star. He wasn't cold. He could shoot the ball, though. Kobe Bryant, his dad wasn't all that. That's why he's such a monster. You got LeBron. It's going to be hard for his kids because they're going to look at them like, you got to be just like your dad. And after a while, that pressure starts sitting on you like, why do I got to be just like him? Why can't I just be me? And then they're going to be like, ah. Uh, you're soft, you're not that good, because the expectation is very, very high, end quote. I mean, the first part of that, you know, their dads wasn't that good, they were okay, they was players, but the fact that Del Curry was no all-star, I mean, the guy's the guy's an idiot, okay? LeVar Ball is an idiot, and the fact that you are going on podcasts talking about LeBron James' son, if I'm LeBron James, or LeBron James' kids, I'd be pissed too. I'd be pissed too. You know, for the people that say, well, LeVar Ball is just being—it's out there being a good dad. He's being a dickhead. Okay? And if I'm his son, if I'm Lonzo Ball, I'm looking at this thing going, Dad, you are putting a spotlight on me right now that I think we should probably back off of. Like, enough. Like, let me focus. Because he's going to get to the show. And do we think his father's going to stop talking? There's always going to be something that they're going to be asking Lonzo Ball about. It's going to drive him nuts. You know, he'll end up hating the media. Lonzo Ball will end up just with a terrible relationship with the media because he'll be pissed off at them because all they'll be asking about are his father's stupid comments. Okay? That's what's going to happen here. And LeVar Ball is now running his mouth about LeBron James. Like... Did LeBron James even know who LeVar Ball was three weeks ago? A month ago? Two months ago? This guy's going on all the. It's one thing if LeVar Ball was in like the local newspaper at UCLA and he was talking about LeBron's kids. LeBron would roll his eyes. This guy is now going on national outlets. Chris Broussard is having a one-on-one sit down with LeVar Ball talking about LeBron's kids. If I'm LeBron or if y'all LeBron, wouldn't you be pretty pissed off at this too? I know I would. I know I would. So LeBron responded. And I loved, I actually loved this response. LeBron, and I don't love everything that comes out of LeBron's mouth. Like I told you, he's a prima donna. He comes off like an asshole sometimes. And it's just, it's there's some cringeworthy stuff that comes out of LeBron James' mouth. But this is not one of them. LeBron responds to this and says, quote, Keep my kid's name out of your mouth. Keep my family out of your mouth. This is dad to dad. It's a problem now. End quote. I like that. I, I like I, You know what? I love that. And for anybody who wants to go out and criticize LeBron James for this, you're just, now you're just showing a side of you that hates LeBron James. And there's no, there's like no bending on that for you. Like, I don't like LeBron James, but I can bend on certain things to the point where I told you, I've defended him in the past. And in this specific situation, you know, when you got some clown like, LeVar Ball out there even mentioning, like, why is he even talking about LeBron's kids? I, what, because Chris Broussard asked you about it? it stop. Like, if this guy is such a loser, it's not even funny. And if so, if I'm LeBron, I'd be pissed off too. It says, keep my kid's name out of your mouth, keep my family out of your mouth. This is dad to dad, it's a problem now. I hope LeBron knocks this guy out. And then I hope he clotheslines his son when he shows up to the NBA because his son is like 105 pounds soaking wet. I'm not a – look, I told, I'm not a big cat. You know that. But when you look at Lonzo Ball, like, have you seen him? I mean, he's a twig. It's like there's like, – the, uh, lift a weight. You're an athlete. I, I'll never understand that, Pete. Like, like go like, – lift a weight. Like I, I wonder if I wonder if Lonzo Ball could curl twenty pounds. 20 He's got to grow, dumbbell. man. Let him grow. Twenty pound dumbbell.
1: Think about LeBron when he came into the NBA. He didn't look like he does now. Yeah, but he was he bigger was, than that. He was tall, he lifted but he a wasn't, weight. No, he was still skinny, man. He lifted weights. He was skinny. Lift the
0: weight, Lonzo Ball. Lift it, Levar Ball. You tell your son to lift the weight.
1: It'll come. Yes, you do,
0: it'll come. Give him time. I don't want it in Boston. I don't want. I don't want And and people say, well, will his will his father impact the way a team picks a player? probably not at the end of the day. But me, from a me standpoint, you want to talk about me selfishly? I do not want Lonzo Ball. I don't want, to, I don't want to have to listen to this guy nonstop. I just don't. I don't want to have to do it. And you know he's going to be nonstop. He won't stop now. His son's in the Sweet 16. Like, what has his son ever done? What has he done? Why do we even put this on a national perspective? A national platform? Chris Broussard. The Chris Broussard in the Zone podcast. That's got to be a riveting podcast, huh? That must have been... If you're listening to Chris Broussard talk with LeVar Ball, then that must be one of these shows you listen to and you throw your hands up and go, "What? Well, I mean, one, why am I listening to this? Two, I want to slam my head into a wall repeatedly till I knock myself out. Like, th- th- can you imagine listening to that? I'm just reading the quotes. I'm not going back to listen to that shit. But it's like LeVar Ball has something to say every other day. And it's just, it's too much. It's too much. But he's never going to stop. And the the, the the scary part is this is just the beginning. Like, think about the, think about the things this guy has said. His son's not even in the NBA yet. And he's got two other sons after that that could be in the NBA. He's already called out Steph Curry. He's called out LeBron James. He's called out Michael Jordan. <laughs> I mean, what, like, what are we? Like, is there any point where we're like, hey, let's stop giving this guy publicity? Like where Chris Broussard's like, hey, let's. Uh,
1: let's wrap it up.
0: Let's uh, <laughs> let, let's maybe just not even do this. Let's cut this. Like, who are we really talking? Like, who are you really talking to? Like, you're talking about some guy that has done nothing in his basketball career, who has a son that might do something, that's calling out some of the greats and and you're giving him this platform which is making him do it more and more they're enabling this guy to do it they want this and i'm sitting back going i don't want this i don't want to listen to this clown ever again anymore i just wish it would stop but the scary part is it's only going to get worse who's he going to call out next who's he calling out next Imagine if the Lakers, here's what's going to happen. If the Lakers don't draft him, right? Let's say the Lakers take Fultz, or oh, Josh Jackson. Um, a kid from Duke. I mean, Tatum. He's going to go after Magic Johnson. And he'll really complete it. When's he going to go after Larry Bird? You what you you mean to tell me that LeVar Ball doesn't have like what's he where's he gone? Is he going to go on Felgrimas with the with the hot Larry Bird take? That's coming, Pete. It's coming. And I mean, do you do you even want to? When you think about it, like, do you even really want to go through with that? We can predict this stuff. The guy's a loser. So what if he came to you? No, <laughs> I'd say no, Pete. I'm honestly, you want honestly, I'd say we're not doing it. You want to, You know what, Pete? Put your Facebook video on right now. I'd say, go live, here's my phone, go live, and get the video of me telling the Ball to screw. That's what I, That's what we would have. And it would go viral, and I would show up and do the show, and people say, well, you're nuts, you get this, you get that. Well, guess what? I got a lot of things and other ways that might not be the advice you've given. So, you know, figure it out that way. Do you. Take care of yourself. Worry about yourself. LeVar Ball, I don't want to hear it anymore. Guy's a clown. Guy's a loser. And yet he continues to talk, and it continues to piss me off, as you can tell. And I actually am taking LeBron James' side on this, okay? Taking a side. Um, NBA, what else we got? Oh, we talked about the Big Three the other day, a couple weeks ago. Remember that Big Three league? We were talking about Pete?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And we were like, oh, it's going to be Ice Cube. It's going to be on TV? Ice Cube, right? Ice Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Ice ice T? <laughs> Ice Cubes like yeah.
0: Um It's going to be on Fox Sports They had a TV deal wow. I'll watch It's going to be like XFL though Like I get this crazy feeling It's like um, It's XFL all over I do, I got this feeling it's going to be Maybe a one and done Do they call their own fouls?
1: Foul, 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 foul. I don't know That's call- a foul, that's a foul. <laughs> They should <laughs> No blood. I no. tell you, that would be
0: terrible TV. No, no blood, no that foul. That would be no terrible blood, TV. Um, we'll get into officiating stuff because there is some NFL news on that. But big three Fox Sports. Speaking of Fox Sports, I got to mention this too. This is something I remember tweeting last night. Doug Gottlieb, his show is going from CBS Radio to Fox Sports. You know they got well they got Colin Coward, the Skip Bayless station. I don't even know what else they got going on there, but. Doug Gottlieb's going to Fox Sports. This was announced yesterday. Also announced yesterday is that today he's going to interview for Oklahoma State for the head coaching job at Oklahoma State. So how does that work? And I was thinking, I'm like, if I was Gottlieb, like, what would I rather do? Because, you know, he's a big basketball guy. And it's like, if you had an opportunity to coach a, a major program in college, would you turn that down? Because you have a radio station? I mean, excuse me, a radio show on a national radio station? And and I guess my answer would be, well, if I was Gottlieb, and if I did take that opportunity, and let's say it didn't work out at Oklahoma State, would there be an opportunity for him to get picked up by a national radio station again after that? Like, would he be able to have his own show again? And I'm thinking, like, I've listened to Doug Gottlieb. I've, I've watched him on main—I I haven't listened to it. I've watched it. Which which makes you listen because he has it's the TV simulcast on the CBS national network. I've so I've seen it. Um, it's okay, and you know, it's okay. It's a lot more college stuff than than I'm looking for. Like he's a big college football, college basketball fan. And He'll get into that stuff a little bit deeper than I than I would. And you know, I'm more of just a professional sports guy because that's all we are in this town of Boston is pro sports. It's a pro sports town. So Godley does a little more college stuff. Than, than I enjoy, but it's okay. Like, it's nothing that, it, it, and honestly, like, it, it's nothing that I, I ever thought would be going from one national station to another. Like, another national radio station needed to pick up the Gottlieb show, but that's that's how it turned out to be. Um, I actually don't know that there would be a spot for him somewhere. So, I, it's a risky move. Like, if he wanted to go from his radio show to coaching at Oklahoma State, If that thing doesn't work out in four or five years, maybe he could create a podcast. That's something he could do, and maybe that's what he's seeing is that that's where the industry's going. Um, But when it comes to his national radio show, if he gives up on that to take a coaching job, I think he'd be giving up on that for good. I don't think he'd be back in it. And if Fox Sports Radio, if they want, you know, a couple ideas as to what they could do if he does go to Oklahoma State, well, I could provide some ideas for you. I, I have a couple, to say the least. But um, I had to mention that with basketball. Uh, before And before we get to football, one more basketball thing. I wrote a column in today's Boston Metro about the 2008 Celtics championship 10-year anniversary party or destination vacation that they're running. I talked about it on the podcast earlier this week. And how they're not inviting Ray Allen. I wrote a column on that. In today's Metro, which you should read, I linked it on my Twitter account and Facebook. Um, but yesterday, an interesting story came up about Kevin Garnett. And when you go back to before he was traded to the Celtics, Garnett was almost on draft night on the day of the draft in 2007, where later that night the Celtics traded for Ray Allen, which, in my opinion, And I don't even think this is opinion. And this is what my column's about. Because of Allen's presence on the Celtics roster, because the Celtics added Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett changed his tune on the city of Boston and on the Celtics organization. Because at first, Kevin Garnett, he rejected a trade to the Celtics. And I went back when I was writing this column yesterday, and I was going through the archives of that time. Celtics losing in 2006-07, Getting screwed in the lottery, right? And having the number five overall pick, trying to get Kevin Garnett, You had the quote from Garnett's agent that said, Boston is not a destination. That is not a place we're looking to go to. And if he does go there, he's not going to re-sign. He's going to leave after one year. So then that trade fell apart. Um, and then the Celtics made the draft night trade for Ray Allen. And then a month later, Garnett, you know, he had a change of heart and he did sign the extension with the Celtics and, and that led to the trade. So it was Ray Allen's presence that led Kevin Garnett to have that change of heart. And, and, and I was going back and looking at all this stuff. So yesterday, and it's funny, then I, I come across a story that actually came out yesterday. The day of the draft in 2007 Kevin Garnett was almost traded to the Golden State Warriors because he was agreeing to the trade because he wanted to play with Baron Davis, point guard of the Warriors at the time, and um, that for whatever reason that trade fell through. But Garnett actually agreed to the trade and was they were talking about an extension in Golden State. Now it didn't happen; it fell through. But um, yeah, when you go back and you look at that whole time, it's I, again. I went a little bit more in-depth on it, and I, I can remember how I felt then, and I still feel the same way, that Ray Allen was the the piece that not only led Kevin Garnett to have a change of heart and decide to join them in Boston, but also kept Paul Pierce around. Ray Allen helped them win a championship on the court because he was an all-star player, okay, and he could shoot the lights out. He was a sharpshooter. But before he even played a game, his presence, he was so good that his presence on the Celtics roster helped keep Paul Pierce around, because Paul Pierce, if you can recall and go back and look at it. He you know, Jackie McMullen had the story in the Boston Globe. And he was Not in a good place. He was complaining about the team losing. He was talking about the number five overall pick. He was talking about how they needed more veterans. He was talking about how he's sick of, um, you know, losing with young players and the rebuild and going through the draft. He was pissed off. He did not want to be playing for the Celtics anymore. That's the vibe you got. And I think the last line of the whole column from Jackie McMullen, it was a great piece. It was something along the lines of, you know, you got to do something because... Paul Pierce might not want to do this here any longer. You know, he's looking for a championship. And uh, they did some. They got Ray Allen on draft night. And that helped keep Pierce around. It also helped give Kevin Garnett the change of heart that he needed to accept the trade to the Celtics and re-sign and sign an extension with him. And that led to a championship. But my point of the column was, without Ray Allen, and I said it the other day, but I mean it even more after writing this column, and I hope you can go read it. Without Ray Allen... The Celtics don't win a championship. And you know what? That's because they don't get Kevin Garnett. But also without Ray Allen, Paul Pierce probably doesn't even stay in Boston. And his Celtics career looks completely different to us right now. But it's funny as I'm putting that story together. A story came out yesterday from that year in which it said, wow, the Golden State Warriors almost traded for Kevin Garnett. Almost traded for Garnett. I don't know if I said Durant earlier by accident. But I didn't mean it. If I did, I meant Kevin Garnett. Um. So that was it. Was pretty cool to me to go back and, and look at all that stuff. But for the Celtics again to not invite Ray Allen, it's childish. It's foolish. You got to invite Ray Allen. Without Ray Allen, there is no championship. I mean, Ray Allen, Pride deserves an invite to the party more than anybody. Based on what I just told you, right? I think he does. So, um, that's what we got with the NBA, NHL, Bruins host Tampa Bay tonight. Bruins in a tough stretch, and losing close ones to teams that they're battling with for a playoff spot, and also teams that they're possibly going to face, could face in the first round. Ottawa, Toronto, uh, tough losses. Tonight, they host Tampa Bay. Uh, I'll keep my eye on that and react accordingly to what the Bruins do here down the stretch. I do think they're going to get into the playoffs. I hear Tory Krug say, you know, this is different this year than the last two years when they missed out, and they had tough stretches towards the end of the season, and they basically blew it for themselves. Krug says, you know, this is a different look. This is a different team. I agree. I-, I do think that, you know, the the kick in the ass that they got from the coaching change, I think is starting to wear off. That said, I think you certainly could see what they were after the coaching change when they did have a fire lit under their ass. That, you know, there-, there has been, in some of these tough losses, you know, there's been... It's not a talent issue. It's just... An underperforming issue, and because of that, you know I do think they're going to be able to to kick it up a notch at some point in the final whatever eight nine games whatever it is and get in to the playoffs because if you look at it if the playoffs began today, uh, the Boston Bruins they would be the final wild card spot because Toronto won last night, Bruins would be the final wild card spot and they would be playing the. Washington Capitals. That would not go well for the Bruins. So you got to get back up into that number 3 seed. Uh you got 82 points. Ottawa's got 88. You're not getting the number 2 seed. You're going you can get the 3 though cuz Toronto only has one more point than you. So if you can get into that 3 seed and play Ottawa in the first round, that's a much more winnable series than a series against Washington. But here's the deal. You got to beat Tampa tonight in your own building. Uh, TD Garden Lightning Bruins, 7 o'clock puck drop. Uh, Follow me on social media. I'll react accordingly to that stuff. And again, I'll be on the radio this weekend. And maybe we can talk about it. But I also still have my eyes on the NFL situation. That is Malcolm Butler here in New England with the Patriots. And uh, there was an Instagram picture posted yesterday. I don't like to go too crazy trying to break down these Instagram posts from these guys, or even social media posts, but when somebody lies to me about something that's fairly obvious, I do get fired up about it. Like the Jimmy Garoppolo Instagram in which he was hacked, uh, when somebody lies to me and says he was hacked, like I get fired up about that because now you're insulting my intelligence. Jimmy Garoppolo is not hacked, okay? He wasn't hacked. I don't know if there was miscommunication or something fell through, but he was not hacked. He wasn't. You can't convince me that he was. In fact, when you tell me Jimmy Garoppolo was hacked on Instagram, you're insulting my intelligence. That said, Malcolm Butler put an Instagram picture up yesterday. Picture him. They have sunglasses on, headphones in. Had a suit, what, maybe a tan suit coat, black shirt, gold chain hanging down. Uh, and here's the quote underneath. It says, "Nothing changed, but the change." Nothing changed, but the change. Pete, what do you think that means?
1: What if it was a typo? What if you meant to say the chain? He's got a brand new chain on, right? Nothing
0: there. changed, but, but the,
1: the chain.
0: chain. Oh, and it was like auto. It <laughs> he was, was like, ah, like, oh, man, I already posted it. Automated. I can't take it down. No, I don't think so. That would be insult no. in my intelligence too. <laughs> Like, oh you made a mistake. It's like well in this day and age you can edit an Instagram post after you post it. I assume somebody would tell him about that and he would change it. Blessed. He hasn't changed it, right? Blessed. No, nothing changed but the change. It's led people to just crazy theories on what that actually means. And I can understand all of them. What is it but what does that mean, E P. Do you have a do you have a theory?
1: Yeah, I mean I don't think it's I don't think it's worth getting over analytical on this, but I think it just means he's gonna be making more money. He's the same guy he's always been and he's going to continue to do the same things that he's always done. All right, so what does more money mean? He's going to be making more money, right? Either way. Either way. So that's Whether a, he comes up with exactly. a
0: contract agreement with New Orleans, and New Orleans, they, they find a way you know, to send the Patriots number 11 overall, because, again, if I'm the Patriots, I'm not accepting anything less. That's the rule. The first-round restricted free agent tender, number 11 overall. If you do agree to a contract with Malcolm Butler, and he has visited New Orleans, he's going to get big money there. Or, if he doesn't, the first round tender is three point nine one million. That's a lot more money than he made last year. So either way, the change, the, the change, to... the, the you know, the change. Are we calling the one of the change? We're calling the money, right? The cash, the cash, the cash, money. the cash. The change is gonna change for the better. increase yes. for the better. Either way, I look at it and go. And again, not trying to be too analytical, but my first thought was nothing changed, which means like. Patriots. Patriots, right. But the change. Same deal. The only thing that changes here is the money that he's making with the Patriots. Same player, same person. Because if, if, other, because if it was New Orleans, it would be everything's Everything. changing along <laughs> with the change. Right? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be? Right? If If Malcolm Butler's Instagram post meant he's going to New Orleans, it would be everything's changing with the change. <laughs> I mean, right? No. Yes. So again, not to get too,
1: but I like it. I like where you're going. That's what it is. He's sticking around. Yeah. He's back. Lo- he's back. <laughs> he is. We I, go. He's back. back. I just don't think he's
0: going anywhere. <laughs> now people are looking at other stuff too. Like the saints have made moves today to open up some cap space in 2017, which people go, Oh, here it is again. Could look, could be, they could be making that that room. But again, they can agree to a contract with Butler. They can agree to the money. They can agree to the numbers. They can open the, open up the cap space. But once you do that, you then have to send number eleven overall to the Patriots. I know there's an idea that they could back out of it and the Patriots could go, well, give us thirty two back, and if you give us another pick, then we'll work out a trade instead of holding you hostage to the restricted free agent tender. Well, I think they should hold them hostage to the restricted free agent tender. So, the, and if that's the case, they can agree to any deal they want, open up the cap space they want, but it's not going to guarantee a, a a deal or a trade unless they give up number eleven overall. So, nothing changed but the change. What does it mean? If you re, honestly, if you put a gun to my head and say, "What does it mean?" I'd say, "Not nothing changed. He's staying in New England, but the change—the three point nine one million dollars—is more change than he made last year." So the only thing that changed is the change. <laughs> right? I feel like I'm doing a Chris Rock skit right now. The only thing that <laughs> changed is the change. Um, <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Speaking of Patriots, and just... I mentioned Garoppolo. There was a report that... With... What is it? Is it the owners' meetings? Or there's another... There's something, uh, another NFL event going on where front office members and owners meet. Um, there's always something with the NFL on the schedule. They love it. They love having something every day. They love being in the news every day. And you know what? They do a nice job of it. I don't like the news all the time, but they, they are in the news all the time. They do a nice job of staying in the news. Um, the Browns are going to make one final run at Garoppolo at this, whatever, the owners meetings or whatever they are this weekend. I believe they, they start Sunday. And, um, you know, it's not a shock. I mean, I I think you could see that Cleveland obviously is still interested. And if you're the Patriots, I don't see why you wouldn't listen. Or at least find a way way to come up with a deal. Moving Garoppolo makes more sense than moving Butler to me right now. And and so I do like the news that the Browns are going to make another run. And I don't know. You could say final run. Don't say final. If they don't get anything done, what? They can't pick up the phone and make another call? In a couple of weeks? No, they could. So, there might not be a final run, but it's good to hear that they will make another run. Right? Keep making the runs. I just feel like the Patriots at some point are going to trade Garoppolo, only because it just seems to make the most sense. Uh, that said, the NFL still be in the news yesterday. They are making some changes to commercials, but also replay. They're trying to speed up the game. And one of the ways they're going to speed it up is they're going to have a centralized replay system. Now, other sports use this. We see Major League Baseball use this, which is which is good. Now, you'd like to think it always works. It doesn't always work. It doesn't. So, it's ne- look, it's never going to be perfect, but Dean Blandino will have the final say on all instant replay decisions. He will. Which... Kind of makes me confused. Here's the quote from Roger Goodell. He was on Mike and Mike on ESPN Radio today. Says, quote, Goodell says, quote, we're going to centralize the replay back here in New York. We want the referee's input. He can look at the play, be in communication back in our office with Dean Blandino, and Dean Blandino will have the final decision. We think that will move it much quicker. End quote. Um... Goodell also said referees will be told to to announce the replay decision immediately in the stadium rather than wait for the end of a commercial break that'll help speed up the play. Uh, Here's my question with it. If Dean Blandino is going to be in a centralized location and he's going to be making the decision on all this stuff, I mean, you've watched Red Zone, right? It can be a shit show on Sundays. Like... There can be a lot of calls, difficult calls, at one time. What happens then? Is Dean Blandino putting one game on hold and doing one game and then running over the next? I know there's a bunch of TVs in front of him, and they'll have a group probably going over it. But if Dean Blandino has the... See, see, this is where they're they're getting it wrong. Again, they're they're putting it all in, in the hands of one guy. It's like they should have just said, centralized replay system, back in New York, and that's it. There's a group of officials in New York that will make the call. Dean Blandino has to walk around and sign off on everyone? How is that going to speed things up? What if you get one call in one game being reviewed and two others at the same time in another game? What's Dean Blandino going to do? Like, what's going to happen there? Is that going to speed things up? Or are two games going to be waiting for another game? Like, are they going to, on the big screen, have the reviews of the other games going on, and be like, oh, we have to wait till they make the review on this game back in the centralized replay office in New York. And then they'll get to Oz. We're third in the queue. Yeah, it's, it's honestly. Like, it, So it doesn't... They're trying to make it sound like they're speeding it up, but then when I actually try to read into this, I'm like, it that doesn't actually sound quicker. I like the idea of a centralized system, but that should be all it is. It shouldn't... Don't tell us that Dean Blandino is... and And, and maybe... I'm misinterpreting what Goodell said. I don't know. Goodell's a buffoon, so perhaps he could have messed this one up, right? Wouldn't be the first time he said something stupid or did something stupid. The guy's an idiot, so maybe he did. But this idea that if he didn't mess up and Dean Blandino was back there, he's the guy that signs off on every replay. It's like, isn't that going to get a little hectic for the guy at some point? Are they? Is there going to be somebody else up there that gets to sign off when there are multiple replays at the same time? I didn't hear the answer to that question, but I'd like to. But the NFL—they're going to make some some steps. I, when you start talking about commercial breaks and stuff, though, it's—I don't think those things are going anywhere. Like I, I, they can try to tell us all they want. They're going to shorten those things up. That's how they make their money. And what we know from the NFL is that they are all about money. They don't care about health. They don't care about domestic violence. They only care about one thing, money. And if they're going to somehow lose out on money by cutting commercial time or commercials, those commercials are going to be back. And they're going to be better and longer than ever. Because that's when they'll make the most money. So I I don't know that I'm
1: necessarily buying into that one. When are they going to have the sponsors on the jerseys?
0: Um, oh, that then that's maybe coming. that then maybe that's what they got. Yeah. Maybe that'll make up for it. But that's oh, there's, that's definitely coming. It's already on the practice jerseys in the NFL. That's coming everywhere. That's logos are going to be a thing of the past. Logos for a team are going to be a thing of the past. When you get one of the like the NBA is doing it next year. The Celtics are doing it. That's insane. They're going to have the GE logo on the Celtics jersey. I get it. They're doing it the same colors, green and white. It's going to blend in. But that just seems somewhat blasphemous, doesn't it? To put that thing on there. But you know what's going to happen? They're going to make so much money off that. They were saying over $7 million a year. They're going to make so much money that everybody's eyes are going to light up. Not just the rest of the NBA, but the other leagues. And they're going to go, what are we doing? They, wanted, they all wanted somebody to be the first to sort of pop the cherry on the ads on the jerseys. Right? cuz you don't see it in baseball NFL you see it on the practice jerseys which is nothing
1: um but that's all they do in Europe hockey in Europe but ho- i'm but hockey, but, but, but i think they're
0: talking about you know
1: in the US in, in, no, I know, but And in North America saying, like, that's all they do out there and they have big money yeah
0: so. logos yeah. are not even so, a thing they're out no, there right
1: it's just the logo of the sponsor. i'm telling
0: you when they see how much money the NBA is going to make and that's why i also look at the NBA talk we talked about this early in the week the idea that they'd like to get in the locker room, Adam Silver would like to get in the locker room and cut down on coaches giving the Stars a break and would like to put their lineups together for them, that's never going to happen. The only way they could do that is by making the season shorter. And when you make the season shorter, you lose money. And that's just not going to happen. I'm all for it, but they're not going to be all for it because it's all about money. And when it's all about money and other organizations... See, what teams like the Celtics are pulling in for advertisements on the jerseys, that's going to be everywhere. And then maybe you do. Then maybe you do cut down commercial time and cut them out. But at that point, it's like, all right, we're making all this money on the jerseys. We could even make more money with a couple extra commercials. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, people aren't going anywhere. I just don't see that. Like, all the complaints about the NFL last season, how nobody's watching, I don't know. I just seem to think that everybody I know is watching still. And they're going to keep watching as long as you can bet on it. As long as you can put money on something, they'll be watching. And that's another reason why, you know, I'll watch the Masters. You'll watch the Masters. And Pete, we talked about this before we came on. But, you know, forget about just daily fantasy stuff with the Masters. I mean, when I look at the odds to win the Masters, you, know, you, still, you Pete, I pulled it up, you pulled it up, you started to get that itch. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The minute. You know what I mean?
1: See a lot of big names.
0: Um, Because Tiger Woods, and I'm not saying Tiger Woods is going to win the Masters (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination. But but, if he did. But let's say, let's just say Tiger Woods did win the Masters. Well. 125 to 1. 125 to 1 of the odds. You're trying to pull it up, man. I'm still having technical difficulties on all my devices. My computer's still broke. I'm using an iPad mini with a mini keyboard. I look like a douchebag with this thing, but it's the only way I can type and write my columns. Um, I'm trying to scroll here. Where did it go? Here it is. Tiger Woods, 125 to 1 odds. You put 100 bucks. You put a hundo on Tiger? Two weeks? At Augusta? Right now? And he wins? I mean, 12? Thousand big ones. 12,000. Now, Tiger Woods has some physical issues. And I think that's why, obviously, it's the odds of him to win is so bad. And I don't know that he's officially said he's playing. He wants to play. And maybe when he officially does say he's playing, this thing will will not be, you know, the odds won't be as bad for him because we know what he's done at, at Augusta. But... You know, you see something like that, and I know I pulled it up earlier, and we started to get that itch. You get a little itchy, homies. yeah. You
1: get a little itchy. <laughs> started you started to know? get that
0: itch. 50 bucks? Uh, and that's coming up in a couple of weeks. 50 bucks? So, but but back to the NFL. Just, Six
1: grand? I'll take it. As long as
0: there's that going on in the NFL, too, people are still going to watch. And, and they'll do whatever they want with the commercials. I don't care what they're telling you right now. Um, one last thing. I want to play this audio for you, closing up the show. Uh, Rob Gronkowski was at a WWE event the other night. You know, I do some WWE. Like, it's WrestleMania season. We talked to Royal Rumble not too long ago. Will Noonan was in studio. He's a big WWE guy. We actually have a charity wrestling event here at Beantown Athletics on May 13th. More details to come. Um, You know, technically, I am kind of now colleagues, or will be very soon, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right? I don't know if you follow me on Twitter. But if you do, you know that I sort of teased an announcement. It's the announcement before the announcement. Uh, the Danny Picacho is coming soon to Podcast One. Uh, if you don't know about the Podcast One network, you should go right now to PodcastOne.com. Um, and you'll find that, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin has one of the more popular podcasts on that site. So technically, we'll be on the same site. We'll be in the same podcast network. And uh, I guess you could say that me and Stone Cold are technically colleagues. But anyways, like, I I do wrestling sometimes. And this is the season to do it. WrestleMania season. Coming up. And with WrestleMania season coming up, Rob Gronkowski decided to get his buddy, who Mojo Rawley. Is that his buddy? I don't even know if Mojo Rawley's fighting at WrestleMania.
1: Says he's in a battle royale. Oh, he is. They're going to have a battle royale. Yeah. Battle royale. royale, yeah. Is that how you say royale it? Royale with cheese. How do you? <laughs> yeah, Battle Royale, yeah. Is it a Battle Royale? No, I don't, no. I think when it's in right, that. do you say the Royale Rumble? No, but I think it's when it's in that sentence. Who said that? I think that's just the way you do it. I a don't, battle that's royale. not the way I do it. A Battle Royale, yeah. A Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. I think you're nuts. What? I've never heard that. It's The Rumble is the main part of that, this is the object of that sentence, so Royal Rumble. This is a Battle Royale. The Royale a, is the A Royale? <laughs> Are
0: you fucking with
1: me right now? No, I'm being serious. This is the way I've it. You think always I'm still
0: shit faced from St. Paddy's Day? I think we I'm not. need to we
1: need to investigate this. Investigate it. I don't know how you would. I'm asking everybody It's I a know. battle royal. It's not. It's a battle royale.
0: I have I have heard them say it on the broadcast. I have never heard like Jerry the King Lala
1: I'm or looking Jim it up. Ross I'm or Michael
0: this. Cole say battle royal. It's Battle Royale. I've never heard them say Battle Royale. It's always Battle oh, Royale.
1: Battle Royale sounds so much better.
0: Battle Royale? Oh. Oh, yeah. What would be the difference between that and the Royal Rumble? It's not the Royale Rumble.
1: Royale with cheese. I, I think it's Battle Royale. I don't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> From Pulp Fiction, you goof. <laughs> oh, all right. Gronk. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> what were you saying?
0: It's Royal Rumble. I mean, it's Royal Rumble. No, it's it's Royal. Battle Royale.
1: Royale. Um. Mojo, Mojo Rock, and Mojo
0: Rock, Mojo Riley, Raleigh. See what you got me doing? You got me thinking of all these words now, like
1: Royal, Road,
0: Cheese, Royal, Moho, Royal (laughs) Rumble. What's going on? All right, Gronk, Mojo Raleigh, getting them pumped up, getting them jacked up. Where was this posted? We saw this today. Gronk is hitting them with some of the loudest Ric Flair chops you will ever hear in your life? But I'm telling you right now, Gronk is perfect for the WWE, and this video right here, getting his buddy Mojo Rowley jacked up for it, is the perfect example of why Gronk might have he might have picked the wrong profession. Here's Gronk and Mojo Rowley. WrestleMania Mojo oh, yeah. next, week, next week. We got to get you ready. Ready go. Ready Russell-
1: Oh.
0: Oh, He's chopping him I'm not even You have it in front of you I watched it You were watching it
1: He's hitting him With the backhand chops In the beginning But the last one is He a, turns his He turns around he and, turns and gives his him a hand. left cuff Straight to the chest
0: Wow I think that's how They do it though The <laughs> hand always kind of Flips at the turns last at the second end. Right
1: those are some serious wow. Ric Flair chops.
0: Um, th- I, I'm cringing in pain listening to that. When you watch it, it's even worse. So, Gronk perhaps picked the wrong profession, but um, I just know he's not going anywhere. He's going to be a Patriot. So, it, I, but maybe one day after NFL, Gronk goes to the WWE. Maybe that's a pretty good tag team because that that's pretty entertaining, and that's what the WWE is all about. That's what the show's all about too, and you can get it. Every Monday and Thursday, or really, whenever you want, at dannypicard.com, Also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Get my two columns in the Metro this week. Boston Metro, I put the links in my social media. Twitter, at dot Facebook.com slash the show. Um, I am out. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll be back for another podcast
1: on Monday.